Yearbook Sportscast. I'm your host, Doug. This week, San Diego Padres batter Fernando Tatis Jr. He had a three balls and no strikes count, and his team was up 10-3 to in the eighth inning. Tatis swung at the 3-0 pitch, the next pitch, and hit a grand slam. The opposing Rangers then essentially threw at the Padres' next batter in retaliation, and after the game, the Rangers manager carved about Tatis breaking the unwritten rule by swinging instead of just taking that pitch with his team way ahead. That was bad enough. But then Tatis's own manager said his player was wrong and Tatis had to apologize. There is no possible way to justify any of this. Tatis was only doing what you're supposed to do in baseball. Hit the ball. That's the object of the entire game. And that's it. You don't even have to mention the fact that seven runs is a big lead, but in any era, it's not a lock. If Tatis takes that pitch and the Padres go on to lose, everyone remembers how embarrassing San Diego was. No one remembers how classy Tatis was, and the Rangers certainly don't lobby to give the game back to the Padres. The only even mildly interesting thing about this whole ridiculous episode is that Tatis Jr. happened to homer against the Rangers, his dad's former team, and the team Tatis' manager worked for just last year. Do teams of destiny ever actually win championships? Every year, almost every sport has a team of destiny, a team that can't seem to lose in the playoffs despite itself, a team so fortunate they can't fight fate. But they never seem to actually win. Who is the last team of destiny you recall that actually fulfilled their destiny? The Indy 500 or Indianapolis 500 to purists, yes, that's a thing, will be run this weekend without fans after we were harping for weeks that it had to be, had to be run with fans. There's no other way to run that race. That's because the series kept saying it had to be run with fans, similar to colleges absolutely needing full football stadiums to fund their entire athletic departments. The problem is even one third capacity at Indy is somewhere in the range of 80, 90 or a hundred thousand people. But the other problem is everyone knows, unlike in college football, the Indy TV money does not cover everything. The solution apparently is the sponsors on the cars. Those sponsors pay to be seen at Indy. So we will have a race without fans, and those sponsors will be seen at Indy. So I'll come off, provided the COVID cooperates even without spectators. Stop calling at the University of Texas at Austin. It's just Texas. After game two of his series with Carolina, Bruins goalie Tuka Rask said, it doesn't feel like playoff hockey. And the very next day, he opted out of the playoffs and left the bubble. Don't read too much into this yet. During the 1997 NHL playoffs, Sabres goalie Dominic Hasek did a lot more than that. He was mysteriously alternately quiet and angry. He physically attacked a local writer. And during the playoffs, he stayed at an opponent's house. Not something you do during the playoffs. That's an unwritten rule. But the already spectacular Hasek came back and continued to be spectacular for another eight seasons. So for Rask, someday we'll find out if this was something or nothing. Right now, the elephant in the room is, does this feel like playoff hockey? The NHL's playing, but is it any good? 
it honestly feels like playoff hockey to me. If you're unfamiliar, it's, it's not just talk. Playoff hockey is heart attack inducing, full of legitimate anger. And watch your friggin' back. The fans absolutely do make a difference, and they're not there right now, but the teams this year do seem to legitimately want to kill each other. Says in the yearbook at Hotmail.com, that's the full name of the podcast, says in the yearbook at Hotmail.com, if you'd like to contact us, yes, that is actor Brian Cox, who's voicing over the new-ish McDonald's ads, the ones where all you see is a hamburger or fries or something, and there's a voiceover. Of all people... He's a great actor, but I say of all people because I didn't actually think it was going to be Brian Cox. He's one of those guys you've seen but don't know, and he's very, very easy to confuse with also great actor Albert Finney, who unfortunately passed away early last year. Uh, Maybe it's Brian Cox's role in Super Troopers that ultimately sold McDonald's. The NFL training camp series Hard Knocks is on, this time with... Two teams, the Rams and Chargers, neither of whom was eligible to be on the show under the NFL's own rules of who's eligible to be on the show. But they're the NFL's rules, so the NFL can break the rules. The Steelers seemed like the likely choice, the heavy favorite, under the rules. But now, ah, two teams on hard knocks. But the first episode did have a, a cool sequence, just a small sequence, but a cool sequence that you just never get to see. The press was just trying to do its job by asking questions of the Rams' Jalen Ramsey. But the Rams' Jalen Ramsey felt like he gave an honest answer about his contract the first time, and it seemed like he did. And he didn't want to keep answering the same question over and over. So, Jalen Ramsey got miffed. Miffed is all. And he left. Then the press wondered, wondered is all, if he was ever coming back. The Rams' staffers did get Ramsey back, And it continued. It's just a normal interaction, but without hard knocks, we'd never see it. Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman Victor Hedman and actor Russell Crowe separated at birth. Anyone? Anybody? This guy knows what I'm talking about. Anytime, seriously, anytime we see Hedman on the ice, we're like, whoa, Russell Crowe, and he's in the NHL playoffs. One more thing, even though we promised not to, about the Fernando Tatis Jr. thing. Even baseball traditionalists can't possibly be offended by swinging on a 3-0 count. The Indians trailed Philadelphia by eight runs in the eighth and came back to win. And that was right around now in 1934. The White Sox beat the Yankees after being down nine. In the 8th, and that was in 1931. The Phillies were down by 9 in the 7th and 1. That was in 1961. When exactly was it ever safe to just stop trying? Or as they really said in the Flintstones, he figured it was safe to put you in, Fred. (laughs) 